Like it was, it was significant or maybe three seconds, something like that. But I mean, it was like a dozen bike lengths at least like Mm -hmm. there, there was, there was daylight. Um, but dude, Keegan just like lit up the straight going into that final corner in like, I mean the opposite, like he, he put, you know, he probably had three seconds on on Rusty going into the. Did you just call him? Did the, you just call him uh, Rusty? So, I mean, I don't know how I call him. <laughs> okay, Rusty. so that's Russell's new nickname. What up, party people? Dylan and I just got back from a whirlwind of a weekend at Seattle's. We figured we might as well do a show recapping the whole event. Fortunately, we've got none other than Kerry Werner back in the hot seat to help us break it down. Things get loose as usual, but we do our best to keep it together, so stick around to the end for some fun takes on some listener questions. If you have any feedback or questions for the show, hit us up at broncrospodcast at gmail.com or drop into those Insta DMs. All right, let's get this party started. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to get outed. Uh, Wait, hold on. Did you tell... um, did you tell Tyler about this? No, no, just I didn't tell anyone about it. Okay, I'm gonna try this. I might, I might crack up like last time I was reading something funny. I mean, I can read it if you want me to read it. Uh, this no, is I... hot. You guys are building this up. <laughs> fucking good. It is good. Okay, so so this com- this comes from Bonk Bros Legal Team at gmail.com. That that's their email address. Yeah, so it's like, email. so you, you guys. It's not our email address, dude. Okay. <laughs> It says, Dear Bonk Bros, we, as your legal team, are writing to you regarding some concerns that we have regarding the content that you have been putting out on your podcast. It has come to our attention that some of the things that have been said on the podcast could potentially get you into legal trouble. We understand that your podcast is intended to be humorous and entertaining, but it's important to keep in mind that there are certain topics that should be avoided to prevent legal issues. We advise you to refrain from making any statements that could be considered defamatory, discriminatory, or infringing on the rights of others. Additionally, we strongly recommend that you discontinue featuring Dizzle Dillman on your podcast. His behavior and statements on previous episodes have been highly problematic and could lead to legal consequences for the Bonk Bros as a whole. Therefore, it would be in your best interest to avoid associating with him in any capacity. Please understand that our goal is to protect the reputation and legal interests of the Bonk Bros. We urge you to take our advice seriously and exercise caution when creating content for your podcast. If you have any concerns, please do not hesitate to contact us. Sincerely, your team of highly paid and skilled lawyers, the Bonk Bros legal team. (laughs) The other other funny thing is how they spelled Drew's last name, Dillman. They spelled it like it was... They were spelling Dylan, D-Y-L-M-A-N. <laughs> yeah. All I can say is I am stoked I'm not associated with you guys. I'm just a guest. So. Be careful. You keep coming on, you will be associated with us. <laughs> I was listening to last week's episode. There are two things I really I really appreciate about, about Drew uh, Dizzle Dillman. One is just his, like unfettered optimism that about everything that's true man i wish i could bottle that up and like drink that on the day daily because it just gets me hyped listening to him and i also love his uh his appreciation of the transitive properties which maybe could segue into the fact that you know he probably would have beaten dylan at sea otter this weekend because he you know beat carrie probably at some race 
or rode with Carrie at some race. <laughs> so by the transitive properties, like he then beat you, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So, so we, we actually <laughs> were, do that. We were just recording. Um, yeah, dude, Drew does this a lot. <laughs> so we were just recording the matchbox podcast. And after we were done recording, uh, Drew and I were doing some transitive properties math, and so the rider, <laughs> the rider that came in just ahead of Drew at BWR uh, was Stefano Barberi, and the rider that came in just behind me at Sea Otter was Stefano Barberi. <laughs> Airby, I would have, I would be Drew. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, but if you look at it, he was riding with Lance at BWR, and Lance came in like 20, 10 minutes ahead of you. So, uh, therefore, that's true. That's true. he probably still would have beat you. <laughs> Dude, I I, uh, I said hi to Lance before the race, and I was like, yeah, man, I was talking to Drew. He said you guys rode a lot at... Uh, at BWR and he's like he he drafted me a lot. <laughs> we were um, in the same vicinity. <laughs> so yeah, cool. All right. Well, should we start talking about Sea Otter then? Yeah, I just want to say that I'm really disappointed that neither of you produced any in race uh, selfie updates that I could follow along with. Honestly, like <laughs> as as professional. Was JB was JB as professional influencers? I think you guys really, uh, you know, you missed out on opportunities there to to show off your sponsors. Carrie, did you not? Did you not vlog mid race? I did. Well, I turned the camera on, dude. Okay. Honestly, it was probably the hardest, the hardest race I've ever filmed for mm-hmm. because. I was so fucking pinned. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> my mom. My mom is no doubt going to listen to this, and she's going to be like, I told you in the last time you did this episode, no one likes to hear you swear. It's disgusting. People's moms are watching. She's just like. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll do this because this is acceptable. So. I was so freaking pinned <laughs> that I could barely reach up and touch the record button. Mm-hmm. And I totally missed the finish. Like, I didn't get any of the last hour of the race. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad I didn't get footage of Tobin's group dropping me. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't wanna, I don't want to relive you, that. Dude, you got dropped so, by so, a sprinter? so freaking strong at the race, man. Dude, Tobin's not a sprinter. Are you kidding me? Okay, but dude, that is such an impressive result for Tobin. I man. mean, I mean, yeah, I know, but he like lives there, dude. Like these are like his home trails, basically. He he had a good still, race at Seattle last year. I still, mean. dude, it's impressive. Yeah, he can have one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Carrie, so so you said that it was super hard to like reach up and and turn on the camera. So yeah. I got to ask you, dude, like, have you ever experimented with like other camera positions other than like the alien top of the helmet <laughs> kind of thing? Alien. Well, I'm not a huge fan. Like I would probably do a bar mount or something. That's also not easy to touch. Like, mm-hmm. and then your body blocks the rear view. I just feel like the, the helmet. Oh yeah. Cause you do the, the 360 best. one, right? So it, it gets yeah. front and rear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I will say like the 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 video content that you get is like 
top notch. Like it, it is really good. Uh, it just seems like it would be like it's way better than annoying. Mine. Like like have that weight on the top <laughs> of your helmet. It is cool though. Like what, you can definitely pick you out of the race like super easy. That's what somebody <laughs> told me last night because apparently there was a live stream which I, I was unaware of, uh, and apparently oh, it was pretty that. shitty. It kept dropping every five minutes or so. But on what? Uh, I don't know if it was like in, like some sort of like Instagram live or something like that or like Facebook live. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, a friend told me they were watching, but it was really frustrating because they would watch like five minutes and then it would drop and then they'd have to reboot and then they said, but it was easy to find where I was because I had the big <laughs> antenna sticking off of the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. When you're next time I'm in the wind tunnel, I'll uh, I'll test that for you. See how many you watts you're losing. To- you need to when you're editing the Carrie, do they do they not make like a like a remote switch for you that you could just put on your bars there is a gopro switch uh the problem is that the in order for it to work the camera has to be on and mm. it just like it just doesn't seem like it seems like the battery would just die like if i left the camera on for four hours yeah i mean you're already uh, committing to the shark fin just put a battery pack on the back of your helmet well if i put more stuff on my back apparently that's more exactly i don't know dude your back is already really arrow shaped (laughs) as it is so i don't know if you need to put stuff on it i was freaking born for this (laughs) (laughs) like you know i was talking about how put it you know putting a pack on your back it like kind of makes your back sort of like an airfoil shape so the wind can curve around it that that's already how your back is shaped without anything on it yeah that's what i mean yeah so there you go (laughs) whatever whatever you're losing with the helmet camera you're gaining back with your back for sure yeah did you test that in the wind tunnel dylan how much watts you're losing by having a camera mounted on your helmet no i wish i did He's going to the next time he wants to spend four grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you for use sure. like a is it, so you use the GoPro? Yeah, the Max. Okay. Do you ever yeah. purposely? It's like the most non-arrow shaped camera you can possibly get too. Yeah, but if you turn it sideways, it's more arrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you do that though? Well, yeah, because it's three sixty. Do you purposely edit the footage to be pointed backwards mm. so it makes you look like you're further up in the back? <laughs> that's just i i use i utilize the zoom for that. <laughs> nice hey what's the deal with what's the deal with all of you guys being like um like cat two cat two racers and calling out you know what what position you were among the life only the lifetime grand prix riders instead of like the whole pack. because that's all that matters bro <laughs> dude i've seen a few people post their their position in the Lifetime Grand Prix that aren't even in the Lifetime Grand Prix. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's like they're doing you know, that. Like they'll say, like, you know, 32nd place, but 24th in the Lifetime Grand Prix. It's like, I don't think that counts, buddy, because you're not quite in that thing yeah. over there that they're <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't post my position in the Lifetime Grand Prix because I thought it was embarrassing <laughs> how far back I was. Well, you could have moved up 10 spots had you done that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, could, yeah, I don't know. That is that is that is a funny observation. Oh, dude, yeah. You, well, it's it's marginal gains, man. <laughs> it's like I did I did nothing <laughs> I did nothing more, and I got a better result. So it's right. like, yeah, yeah. I should have told people that I was leading the race for a little bit. 
Dude, when you when you said that in your post race interview, I I actually couldn't believe it because like you came through the whole shot so far back, dude. Like what happened? <laughs> All right, you were, I, you were yeah. like 40th entering the trail, dude. It was I, like, I know, it was... I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I feel like I need to this. I feel like this story of how bad I screwed up the start starts like. A week earlier because i i'm <laughs> all right let's all right we, we gotta tally up all Do the excuses here hold on I, I need some pen and paper okay here. so <laughs> so la- here here's my defense of what because the, the start was probably the stupidest thing i've done in a bike race in a long time and here's my defense is Talk that last too last four action up in here last year we went as hard as we possibly could from the time the gun went off until we hit the single track we just went as hard like there was no dilly dallying everybody just sprinted all out from the gun to the single track and i i just assumed that's what we were going to do right it's basically an xc style start so I'm like hyping myself up for a week for this thing. I'm like, I got to do my 90 second max power at the start of this race. That's just what I got to do. Hyping myself up, hyping myself up. And then on on the starting line, I'm hyping myself up. I'm like, all right, time to bust out those Watts. I could see him over there shaking his head like this. (laughs) (laughs) Time to bust out those Watts. And then they didn't go hard. But I'm like, time to bust out the watts, and I go hard. And somebody told me I I had a gap over everyone. Oh, that um, was you. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to I, hit record on the line, but I saw you like 20 bike lengths off the front. Everybody yeah. was like, who is that joker? Dude, I – so – I, w- I was shocked that I was in first place. I didn't look back to see it, that I had a gap. I just assumed that. There like, it is. That's, there's the cat four statement right there. <laughs> I was dude. in first place. <laughs> dude, I, I, just, I just assumed everybody was going to go as hard as they could, and they didn't, they didn't do that. I don't know why they didn't do that, but they didn't. So, so why did you slow down? I don't know, that's what I don't understand. Like you went from being 20 bike lanes Why off did the I front slow down? To like 40th or 50th place. I you slowed, can slow down like a little, but like why do no, you slow down? So, okay, so then in the last – so the, the the first climb from like the start to the single track is probably 90 seconds long-ish. And uh, – Yeah, and you I was, need to make it 120 seconds long. I was, I was probably – so in the last 30 seconds of the climb, I probably got passed by 40 dudes. No, like no, I no, went no, from... no, 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 no. You didn't probably. You definitely did. <laughs> yeah. I have a video. I have a video. I can tell you. I can so go to the right footage. Now. So I went in in 30 seconds. I went from first place to 40th. That's more than in, one rider per second. <laughs> yeah, no, it was way. <laughs> dude, I mean, when I was getting passed, it was probably like 10 but riders what happened? Per, like, per why second. did that happen? That's what I understand. Like, why did what you let you them mean, dude, because you? I'm because I, Because I had just been going... As hard as I could for the last minute while everybody else was kind of chilling. I know, but you were planning on doing your max 90-second power. Yeah, well, I, like, I think he started early. He would have I don't know. Got a, re- got a real run like, at it. He would have had to. Yeah, he would have had to do his max 120. Like you were seconds. still going as hard as you could, and people still passed you. Yes, dude, I was. I was absolutely <laughs> okay. pinned, and 40 makes, dudes. Okay, passed that me. makes more sense. I thought that you just slowed down, like intentionally, no. and let that many people pass you. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get to the single track as far up as I could possibly be. Why would I slow down in the last 30 seconds? Intentionally? That's why I didn't understand. Yeah, okay. Glory. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Glory. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm. no, it wasn't intentional, man. Dude, it's just I, what I had. I then, you, then, yeah, then you really, yeah, you really screwed that up then. I agree yeah, with no, Dylan. Was... Like, we hit that. So, like, it kind of started on a climb, and then it kind of flattened out, and then it kicked up to the real climb that climbed all the way up to that pinch point. And the whole time I was watching Dylan do that, and I was like, that's cool. Like, I'll just <laughs> sit here in the group. <laughs> and then, like, then we started pitching, and I was like, all right, like I could see the top of the climb is still far away. And I got about halfway up. I was like, all right, let's pop out and start moving up a little bit. And I popped out and like I wasn't going anywhere. And I was like, all right, I was like, all right, slot back in. I was like, all right, let's give this another try. And then I'd pop back out and like just not fucking not go anywhere. It was like, yeah, dude, like Finsty said we did 600 watts for two minutes. Well, he did, you know, so it was like. It was full pin. Yeah. And I can't do 600 watts for two minutes. So that's why I got passed by 40 dudes in the last 30 I seconds. I would have just assumed it's like, have you ever, are you ever in like a road or a gravel race and some, some nobody attacks and you're just like, yeah, that's coming back. And you don't even bother yeah, chasing. Like maybe that was just the rest of the group. They're just like, ah, that that's going to come back. And sure enough. 30 seconds later. <laughs> here you Adam, dude, Adam Roberge, Adam Roberge told me that, uh the the dude who reeled me back in was jeff kabush he said had jeff kabush not uh, like started reeling me back in i might have made it to the turn without getting passed by 40 dudes maybe i would have only gotten passed by did you tell him how much you were you running arrow bars like why would he do that (laughs) why would he personally attack you like that well i don't know i have I, I mean, I have trashed him on my YouTube channel for his. I mean, he was also on a he was on a gravel bike. I mean, was, I think you know, he was I mean, just looking for an excuse to also like send it off the front. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like knows. a push too. He was, dude. He was absolutely ripping his gravel bike on the trails. I will say, um, I mean, way faster than I would have if I was on a gravel bike. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do it, you know, you got to do it right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think the gravel bike was a smart choice. <laughs> no, dude. It was not. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I am actually serious. Okay, let's. So you I mean, did maybe the... it didn't work for Kabush, but that's not because of the bike. Like, I don't think the bike held him back. You think that a gravel bike is faster than a mountain bike on the Sea Otter course? Could be. No. I... <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, man. Yeah, Dude, you're I mean, it, was, lose... it was the right bike for like 75% of the course. At least. I would say it's the right bike for 50% of the course. No, no way. Half the single track, you don't need any suspension. The first five miles was like was for sure like the, the hardest part of the whole course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would really get screwed on that first five miles, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could get through the start, like, and I don't know, I didn't see what, what Jeff did. Um, but, if, yeah, I mean, if you could get through the start, I think after that, dude, it, it would be ripping on a gravel bike. Yeah. The course did look treacherous, though. It looks like you guys had, like, a lot of rain ruts to deal with, and it seems like a few people got caught mm, yeah, out. Yeah, it was, it was for sure bumpier than last year, like... uh 
you know, last year I would say a lot of the top 10 was on hardtails, and I would say this year it was mostly full suspensions. Yeah. I think I think the play was either the gravel bike or full suspension. I think a hardtail was like <laughs> not in the middle. No, no, because you're getting just, like the worst of to, both worlds. Just go like to one extreme. Like you're not absorbing the 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 chunder at like enough, mm-hmm. and then you're also lugging around these big ass tires in the flat bars. <laughs> so uh-huh. Dillman was right. Then you should run like thirty twos. 35s yeah, for sure well, 32s would have been awesome on this course <laughs> i legitimately you might have died if you were on 32s that your wheel might have died absolutely that would have been pretty gnarly yeah yeah, yeah. so what'd you guys i mean what'd you guys run uh, for a setup yeah, you guys both everybody was here was on the full suspension yeah carrie was on like a enduro bike or something <laughs> 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 yeah, the Hey Hey is one twenty one twenty, so I was I was comfortable out there all day. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have a lockout on that too? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like the lever lockout, you know. Yeah, you got yeah remote lockout. Yeah, sick. Yeah, my bike's actually one twenty one twenty as well. I mean, I think that's just where XC bikes are going. Like the Scott Spark is also one twenty one twenty, and that is about as XC race as you can get. I know that the new Epic they kind of went in the opposite direction it's interesting to see companies like specialized and trek go one way with their xc bikes and then companies like i don't know every other company go in the other direction you know what i mean yeah um so i yeah i ran the factor lando which is which has 120 120 um i still did like dropper post i barely know how to ride a mountain bike without a dropper post at this point <laughs> i don't know carrie did you have a dropper on i did yeah but that was only because like i couldn't be bothered to like take it off would you have run yeah. a rigid post though if you yeah. could if you if well, you... i could have okay if i felt like it but i just didn't feel like it like i, I have the fox X- sl so it's like i don't know i'm i don't know what the weight difference is but it's just like uh, yeah it just didn't seem worth it like to go through the thing yeah mm-hmm. well yeah what, what they really need is like the the sram axis like lightweight version because like why? that like w- when i had that post last year dude it was awesome because you could just like swap out a high post in like yeah. a minute mm-hmm. yeah why are the um, but it weighs are, like a pound more it's like why are the rock shocks posts so freaking heavy that's built to last i don't, know. I don't <laughs> They're not, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're not built to last, and they're For really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's way slicker though to have that with mm-hmm. without any cables or anything. Though. Dude, let me tell you. Sick. Let me tell you something. Like, I just <laughs> I got a new pair of bars. I got some of those coefficient bars. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to run di two cable in those last night. I almost snapped them in half. Oh. <laughs> so are is this you, on your mountain bike you or on your gravel bike? <laughs> this is on gravel bike. Are you talking about okay. the bars that have the little like a little tripod like, up front? A little trapezoid? Yeah. 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 The Boswell it's like bars. A mini, like a mini arrow bar? Yeah. Hmm. I watched your is video. That, that your, so is that just, your your, rap, your your loophole for unbound? Uh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Smart. No, but it's just like I, just like talking about the access stuff, like man wires are a pain (laughs) that's another reason i didn't take the dropper post out because i would have had to rerun cable after the race to put it back in and it's just like not worth it (laughs) 
Yeah, were totally. You, were you on a different bike at Sea Otter than you were at Pisca Stage Race? Yeah, I was on the Hey Hey that I got like in 2020 at Sea Otter because I had to ship my new Hey Hey to Sea Otter. Did I say that right? I was I was on the old bike at Pisga because I had to ship the new oh. bike to Sea Otter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there wasn't enough time to like ship it between the two races. Yeah, Pisga ended Saturday and then sea otter was the next saturday so yeah it wouldn't have worked yeah so um keegan goes you know ends well i guess i guess he did get second at big sugar last year i was about to say he ends on top last year and then he starts on top this year again i mean Um, he got second at big sugar because he could yeah because he let you know he let his he buddy need, win. He didn't need. He didn't need to win the race. I mean, like it didn't matter. Was... I mean, both him, both him and Russell are unreal right now. Uh, like, I think Keegan gets he Keegan, you know, gets most of the publicity, but Russell is like right there. Uh, and it was a super close race between the two of them. And I would Dude. not have I would not have anticipated bef- this before the race, but both of them beat Blevins. Yeah, the only the only reason I would have anticipated that is because it was a four hour and fifteen four hour race. Mm-hmm. I mean, Blevins is coming off of Cape Epic, where you know they were racing for a long time, but just I think traditionally he's used to like a bit shorter, you know. Dude, yeah, I mean he he took Keegan to the line at BWR Arizona, and then went in, you know, and then parlayed that into. Uh, into Cape Epic. So that's why I thought maybe he was still kind of on form for some longer efforts, but I'm guessing at this point, he's already like completely revamped his training to like XC focus. So what do you, um, what do you think, yeah. what do you think Keegan and Russell could have done had they been a team at Cape Epic? Cause not only are they both very strong, but they also know each other so well and they know each other's riding style so well. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, I mean, Lachlan's strong, but he just kind of lacks the the technical riding aspect. So it's always hard to say how much that matters on any given stage. Plus, like, I mean, Cape Epic is stacked, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah, like there was... The Pisca like, stage race or something? Keegan and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think, like, I, I think Lachlan held Keegan up, but it's just, like, how much? It's, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like the form that Russell's on and obviously the form that Keegan's on, if they, you know, if they could work it out with their sponsors where they could be a team at Cape Epic, I feel like they would have been giving Blevins and Matt Beers a run for their money. They're both on Blender's eyewear, so maybe next year <laughs> they'll do a, a Blender's eyewear team. Yeah. You think Blender's eyewear has that kind of cash to uh, cover the Cape Epic fee? I think they make decent Keegan money. And Russell I think. maybe do. <laughs> okay. I mean, I feel like I had I hadn't even heard of Blender's eyewear until I heard that both of them were on Blenders. So it's working. I was gonna yeah. say yeah. So that <laughs> exactly. yeah, good move yeah. on their part. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Russell, dude. There, there was like a hot second because I was at the finish watching, and there was a hot second where I thought Russell was gonna was gonna take it, 
he he led through the sand pit. Then, like, you know, he did the pro move to, like, slot onto, like, the little segment of pavement. And getting off that little, like, corner of pavement, he had, like, four seconds on on Keegan. Probably. Four seconds? Like, it was, it was significant. Or may, maybe three seconds, something like that. But, I mean, it was, like, a dozen bike lengths at least. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there, was, there was daylight. Um, but, dude, Keegan just, like, lit up the straight going into that final corner in, like, I mean, the opposite. Like he he put, you know, he probably had three seconds on on Rusty going into the into did the. Did you just call uh, him? Did so, you just call him Rusty? I mean, I don't. Know I call him. I meant to say Russell. Okay, so that's Russell's new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that his nickname, dude? Rusty. Yeah, that that's should a be good. One. It's like Rusty, Rusty Wallace, Rusty Finster Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> you get a, a NASCAR. So, so yeah, saying, it was impressive, though. It, so you're saying that that Keegan put. It went through that last sand section probably five, five seconds. seconds faster than Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, yep. Keegan knows how to sprint on sand, man. Holy crap. Well, I mean, it that's wasn't that beat, sandy that's how in that beat part. Levens, too. That, I mean, it was, it was kind of more gravelly for that part. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like an easy spot. Like, it wasn't like pavement where it's like you're just able to put down watts. Like, it was – and yeah. he had to go way outside because he, he was carrying so much speed. He had to go way outside – of rusty mm-hmm. in order to like make the corner um it was it was pretty sick i mean like he t- he timed it pretty perfectly mm-hmm. yeah yeah pretty wild um yeah and then, and then blevins came through like 20 seconds later yeah did it come down so did the split between them and blevins did that happen on that last climb do we know it, does anybody know did. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that last like l- that last like super steep kicker. Not the not the last climb that was like up the like kind of low grade um, mm-hmm. gravel, but like the super steep one that on lookout or whatever they called it, where you like go up the super steep ruddy pitch and then drop yeah. down. It was going up that that they got the gap. Yeah. So I think my predictions were spot on last week. I think I said Keegan and Sophia were going to win, and Keegan and Sophia won. What do you win? <laughs> I don't know. Bragging rights. It's also not. That's not. It's like the most obvious two picks I would think for Seattle, right? A, yeah, I mean your your picks are kind of basic. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be featured as the lead in in the next YouTube document docu series that gets released next year. Dude, they actually they actually interviewed me. Uh, one of the dudes interviewed me, so maybe I maybe I will be in the docu series. You this guys year. just talking about how Keegan's the guy to beat. Same script as last year. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think we mentioned Keegan. I don't know. Maybe we did. I, he was just – I forget what he asked. He asked something about, like, what my preparation or something you like that. just default to talking about tires? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I for sure probably mentioned my tires. <laughs> uh, dude, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I have a, a 40-mile endurance mountain bike race coming up this weekend, and – Dude, like you're you've you guys have gotten in my head being on this podcast so much. I'm like thinking about like, oh man, do I run a skin suit? Do I like rock some aero socks? Like what tires should I run? Are these tires too heavy? Like too much. It's too much, guys. I think it was yes to all of that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The answer to what tires do I run is also yes. <laughs> Just always be questioning. <laughs> I should run these. Well, at least I've got excuses then. 
because it's too late at this point. Can't be bothered. <laughs> dude, it's, it's yeah. only Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> too far gone. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got loads of time. Dude, Don't start so, thinking about this until at least Friday yeah. night. So, Carrie, the uh, a ton of people at Pisca Stage Race came up to me and asked me why I wasn't racing, and my answer was that I'm saving my legs for uh, for Sea Otter. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, in, Carrie- in particular, the first 90 <laughs> seconds of Sea Otter. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, well, Carrie's doing them both, so we'll see. Um, and it seemed like it seemed like the the double stage race uh, followed by a week of travel followed by race seemed to work well, huh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I think the only caveat I have, and I'm not like I'm not making an excuse here, but like I think like if I would do it differently or if I could best uh, like best redo that scenario would be to keep it the same but then like it was just a tough week like working with bike flights and having to split that expo responsibility Mm -hmm. with uh with the race and so like i was being i was really trying to be conservative on like bike exertion because i knew that like standing around in the venue and then like traveling to sea otter and like it just felt like we were full pinned from the time we hit california soil until we left and so like i would have liked to have like done a bit more in terms of opening up uh i I like i said i tried to play it really conservatively and i i don't think like my legs felt stale or anything but uh i think maybe like i could have been more ready for that start uh kind of like been more ready for like efforts earlier on uh maybe even like prevented me from cramping I started like getting a little twingy on the towards the end of the race. Uh, mm-hmm. So, well, the good thing about so you're planning to do Transylvania Epic, bef- the the same thing like a week before um, Unbound. Yeah. Good thing about Unbound is you don't have that yeah. start at yeah. all. It's a much more mellow start, and uh, maybe not you got a lot year. of time. To, Unless you're uh, DJ, I'm not doing that at Unbound. <laughs> Sending her off the front. You got to anticipate the anticipating anticipation, dude. You got to get <laughs> way up there. I will say that. I mean, we'll see what John Borstelman does, but uh, at Unbound, but at at Mid South, he was he was sending it off the front as soon as we hit gravel. Like it was, it was annoying gnarly how annoying annoying, (laughs) so i don't know if he's going to do the same thing when it's double the distance we'll see probably not (laughs) yeah i would hope not (laughs) yeah but same thing like uh yeah with with the i still have expo responsibilities at um unbound but it's just a one day uh yeah and yeah i get to i don't have to drive there i get to fly we hang out with Tyler on Tuesday night, so have my bed ready, bro. God, dude, I'm gonna like just take you out and like. Dude, you're doing unbound. No, he's just coming through, and I'm just gonna like lay the wood on him, just like freaking take lay take the him wood on him. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <No> consent. Carrie <laughs> might do what a is that? Consent to that. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh God! Can we cut this part? Absolutely not. This uh, is why the legal team is emailing yeah, you guys because exactly. you guys are saying stuff like this, <laughs> dude. So crazy that they made a a whole Gmail account just for That's that amazing. gag. 
I can't wait to get that email. Uh, so anyways, wait, just what's like, this wood lighting thing? Uh, no, no, no. What's, it, what's the, what's the <laughs> saying no, no, where no, you're just you like, take it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, dude, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna attack you on every, every uphill of this ride. Well, who said we're even riding together? I said we're riding. <laughs> <laughs> I have to you consent got, to that too, you know. You got to <laughs> test that arrow setup. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what about you? Are you going to do a stage race before Unbound to get ready? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to do that. It's probably a smart idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am going to do Gravel Locos, which is two weeks before, which... Uh, with how hot it was at Gravel Locos, it felt like it took me two weeks to recover last yeah. year. Like I think I was just so dehydrated after the race that it it just made the recovery process exponentially long. But at least it'll be good heat acclimation training because chances are it'll be hot. Yeah. At Unbound. Seems like a lot of people are going to be at Gravel Locos. Yeah, I mean it's like the. Gravel Locos is like the, uh, what, what is it? Like the Paris Nice to the Tour de France type deal, mm-hmm. right? It's like where all the hitters go to test their legs before the tour. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like yeah, that with Unbound like and Gravel Locos. <clears throat> yeah, like everyone I was talking to this weekend, they were like, oh man, when will we we'll see you again? Will you be at Gravel Locos? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know anything about that race. You should come, man. When is it? It's two weeks before Unbound, so I don't know, like mid-May? Mm, I think I'm out of the country. <laughs> okay. we're, doing, we're, doing, we're doing like a family vacation to Turks and Caicos, I think, in the middle of May. Sweet. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's also an excuse, good for I guess. For Unbound. Yeah. Loads of heat training, dude. I don't know why. Like, like the temperatures at Seattle weren't very hot. Like it was only like sixty degrees, but man, it felt like so hot out there for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what it. It, it said the high during the race was sixty four degrees. I was like, this feels like eighty to me. Yeah, I mean, wasn't much shade yeah. out there. Yeah, I yeah, guess it, it's it was exposed. Yeah, the only like the only shade came on like the descents. It felt like. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to add um, about Seattle? Anything else you want to talk about for this race? Questions? Any good stories? Kerry, did you cramp out there? Uh, just like got twingy. Like the last single track climb, I couldn't, I couldn't sit with all the undulation. I had to stand. And then I was able to like mm-hmm. ride the last climb. I get like I get really frustrated with cramps because it's just like it's like you want to still go hard but you just like I don't know you just like can't you know <laughs> yeah. you know you know like, that if you go just a little bit harder you're just gonna lock up and it's gonna oh, be really dude, bad and then it's so just, just like in to... your head the whole like that mm-hmm. like that like yeah. threshold that limit is just like right on the tip of your brain and you can't stop thinking about mm-hmm. that like very small localized spot on your leg that just like feels like it's just ready to lock up (laughs) yeah dude so so like so i I cramp notoriously like every race that's over two hours basically um and it and it used to be like when it when it first happened like what started to happen like four or five years ago i would have to like stop 
or like really slow down in order to like get the cramps to stop. Um, last year I had a breakthrough where I just like was like, fuck it, I'm just going to ride through this. And I just like kept riding and like didn't care about the cramps. And I kind of like had this breakthrough where like I realized like you can just like ride harder or at least I could. Like if I, if I just ride harder than I want to, then like the cramps actually like kind of subside. Hmm. So that's what I've been doing. But at Sea Otter, dude, I did that. And and it was like, like okay, like it started like with my right leg was cramping. I rode through that. And then my left leg started cramping too. Rode through that. Then it was like my hamstring started cramping. Rode through that. Then my upper body started cramping. And that was like a new one for me. I'd never had upper body cramps, dude. It was like my shoulder was cramping. My like my forearms were cramping and it was like insane i've never like cramped like that before like it was like full you realize body what cramps. was happening there like I, it was just getting closer and closer to your heart and so like the next one would yeah. have just stopped everything <laughs> yeah just the light switch would I, have turned off i would say that your your ride through it theory is probably a good one if you're like really close to the end of the race but i think there's only so much cramping that you can ride through yeah it, it ended up being like two and a half hours of cramping that i Oof. rode through it was it was pretty gnarly that's, that's definitely close wow. to yeah, hard right. stopping that's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't recommend that much cramping. It w- it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Cramping. The crazy is- thing was, like, I didn't like like in the past. Whenever I've ridden through cramps, like last year, uh, my legs would just be like sore for like a day or two, like really sore. But I didn't feel like that this year. Like it felt fine the next day. It felt fine the next day. I mean, I didn't race the next day, but like it mm. felt like I wasn't sore. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Adam. I felt. How was your race, Adam? I felt so awful the next day, but I also only got three <laughs> hours of sleep because we had to get on a really early flight. Yeah, I mean, like not recovering well. I'll do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about Evar Slick going off course? What's the deal with that in your race in the gravel race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, that was weird. I don't know exactly how the. Ha- I think I figured out how it happened. Um, so, so yeah, so within the first, like, I don't know. So our course started, we didn't do that first five mile, like single track section at the start of the course. Mm-hmm. Um, the first lap we like skipped that, um, I think because they thought it was too rutted out for the start of the gravel race. So we skipped that part and instead we, instead of like dropping into the single track, we just like bombed down this like gravel descent, like super fast descent. So Ivar and some and one other guy went off the front like early, like down that first descent, um, and they had like probably a twenty or thirty second, yeah, probably they were within sight for sure. So it was maybe like twenty second gap on us, um, and there was like eight of us or so, um, and they kind of held that for the first four or five miles or something like that, and then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, they were just gone, like mm-hmm. couldn't see them at all. Like, they went from being, like, in sight, we thought we'd reel them in, to, like, just gone. And I, like, asked the guys around me, I was like, did they, like, miss the course or something? Like, there's no way they put that kind of time into us, like, without us seeing it. And they're like, no, I think they're just up the road. Well, yeah, comes to fi- come to find out after the race that they, like, actually, like, missed a corner. Um, and mm-hmm. I think what it was is, like, on the gravel course, there was, like, this one, like, single track section where you took the single track and then in the mountain bike race, you, like, bombed across this gravel road, but in the gravel race you took a hard right on this gravel road. It was like a 160 degree corner. 
So like almost a U-turn. And I think they must have just like bombed through that corner and like not taken the gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then they ended up doing like four or five, five miles less than us. So like they like skipped a whole section of course. Cheaters. That. Wow. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was total cheating for sure. Dude, that's um, a that's a pretty bi- that's a bummer of a of a U.S. trip for Ivar because he also had issues at BWR. So like both races yeah, so that he came I don't know to what do, happened at BWR to him. Like I thought maybe he just had like a bad day, but that dude's freaking strong. So like I don't it, know how he would have had such a bad dude, he, day at he, BWR. He was the only. He, he was like. He was like the only dude to beat Keegan last year. I'm not the only dude, but you know what I'm saying. He he won Unbound. He's obviously I know, strong. I know he won <laughs> Unbound, but like, what does that really mean? You know, even? I don't know. He comes he from like Norway or something like that. Like, yeah, it's cold there right on now. The beach, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I don't know. So he and he and another guy got DQ'd, which yeah, that, that is a big bummer. And I think the biggest bummer for them probably is that it sounds like they didn't know that they skipped the course until after the race. So they like did the whole race thinking they were like they were winning, you know. And I mean, they I guess they were, but like they kind of cheated. So <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, so they like had to ride, you know, the whole race still super hard. So that was a bummer. That sucks. Um, but yeah, dude, it was like. The, I mean, and this is part of why I didn't think the hardtail was a good choice. I mean, it wasn't a bad choice, but like the gravel bikes were like definitely faster on all the gravel parts. Like, I was working so hard to try and, like, just hang with the group. Um, and, like, it didn't seem like they were working nearly as hard. So, like, I think it was either, like, the position or just, like, the bigger tires or something. Um, if it turned super steep uphill, then, like, I was able to drop everyone because, like, I think I had better gearing. Um, but if it was, like, just, like, a low-grade climb or flats or descents for sure, like, I was way under-geared on the descents. Um, it was, what's like, that, What's hard, that chain ride did you have? 38 38 so even even on like a 38 10 it was like still yeah like spun out to like yeah. barely dangle on the back of the group mm. like that's how fast the gravel bikes were so i don't know it just seemed like and then like when whenever we'd hit the single track like i would i would try to like make sure i slotted to the front of the group and like when i did that like it was like no problem to like stay off the front but he like at most I'd put in like, cause the gravel section or the single track sections just weren't long enough. So like in a, you know, two or three mile single track section, I'd maybe put like 30 seconds on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just like, I don't know, it just wasn't enough. Like then the group would just bring me back every time. Like it yeah. just felt like on the hardtail, it was like, I was still pushing the limits so much on that bike because of the conditions Mm-hmm. That it just didn't seem like it was really that much of an advantage. Is at least not as much as I thought it would be. I thought I'd be like putting minutes in on those guys. Um, maybe some of them were just good on the gravel bike too. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and there was a lot of like the single track too that was just super smooth and like straight and like not very technical. Yeah. You know, so like you really don't gain much on a mountain bike. It didn't seem like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean. If you were, I, I maybe like a gravel bike with one of those suspension forks on it, and then really burly tires, like real. Beefy. Yeah, like I, Carrie, I was thinking about your like um like mm-hmm. Iceman yeah. setup. I feel like that. I feel like what that about, could have been good. What about just those tires or like a gravel tire on a full sus? 
Yeah, on a full sus, I could see that for sure. Like, I think what I was missing with the hardtail was like all that chundery stuff. Like, I could never get enough traction with the rear tire. Like, I always felt like I was on the limit. You know, whereas like with the full sus, you're like getting like the nice plushness, so like, you're able to like keep that rear tire glued to the ground more. Um, I think like a, a a narrow tire on a full sus would have been a would have been a sick move, like a two zero or something. I almost ran a fifty less. Ravager. I went out on pre ride on Wednesday and mm. rode it. Um, yeah, it was just hard to commit to because like to run it to run that tire, you had to drop and like feel comfortable at pace. You had to drop the pressure pretty low, but then you're running like low twenties on a one nine, and it just felt mm. like the pressure warranted putting an insert in, but then when you put an insert in on a low volume tire, it like stiffens it up even more. Uh, so it just kind of, yeah. so that's where I kind of like drew the line and decided like, well, I'll just run the two, two, five Aspen because it seems like a safer bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, and like, especially at the, like for in the mountain bike race, like at the start, you know, like you're trying to hang with everyone else in the group, you know? So like, you're not able to like get the sidelines that you kind of need. Like if you, you know, we're on a, like a mm-hmm. skimpier tire, um, you know, like so all it takes is like hitting right. one rock, yeah. you know, and, you know, so like I could definitely see that, but like if there was like a, if you could like let a little bit of a gap and not feel like that pressure to like hang wheel to wheel, like down the descents, I don't know. I think you could have probably danced it around and been fine. Um, but it's like tough yeah. to do that. In the moment, I'll probably though. look to run that setup for the rest of the mountain bike races at lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> You're not yeah, like, dude, I, I honestly think you could get away with doing, uh, your gravel bike in particular, cause you have a lot of tire clearance at, both Leadville and Schwamigan. Yeah. Finstie told me Leadville is so bumpy though, that like you probably want a full sus just to take some of that. Yeah. Finstie did do full sus last year. I mean, a lot of people do hardtails. I think just because there's so much climbing and they want the lightest yeah. bike possible. Yeah. I don't I, know. Like I, I did the hardtail at Leadville last year and that felt like way better bike than at sea otter. Like, I don't know, Seattle just had me wanting the full suspension. Um, I never felt like that at Leadville. Like, there's some bumpy stuff for sure, but it's way more wide open, like the bumpy stuff. So you, I was you thinking like, more like... It just seems like it's easier to navigate. I think Russell was talking navigate. more about, uh, like, climbing. Like, there's... Or 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 just, like, faster oh, yeah. flat pedaling yeah. sections are very bumpy, and, like... And so, like, it just, like, helps save a bit more energy not having... Not getting thrown yeah. around yeah. as much. I can see it for sure. Definitely could see it. I think I think the move is like in in this is what I've done at like Iceman and, and Schwamigan is the full sus with narrower yeah. tires. Like with with the hardtail, you definitely want like I was on two fours this weekend and like I definitely wanted all of that tire. Um, but on the full sus, I think you you okay. definitely get away with less. Cool. All right, let's do this listener stuff. All right, yeah. listener, I gotta get listener questions. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Dude, he comes on late, leaving early. Um. Okay, so let's see here. I have one pulled up. Oh no, that's the wrong podcast. Are these from email or from Instagram? 
No, so we'll do one email here. The, the, okay. Only because this one's a BWR question that just happened, so I want to hit it while it's still fresh. Okay. I said, so, hey, guys, I just did the wafer ride last week, and I'm curious how to better prep for endurance rides. For context, I was able to finish the wafer without any mechanicals. But my body is still super torn up. I experienced stomach cramps, and in in this case, it wasn't obvious. It was it wasn't obvious dehydration. Mm-hmm. Um, I made sure to keep up with hydration. I opted for filling bottle cages with the sport drinks mix offered at stops. I also took advantage of all the rest stops. Since I'm not a competitor slash pro, do you think um, you could touch on some things that you would consider prior to riding? Um, things that I can do better during my ride. This comes from Aaron. Are they asking specifically about the stomach cramps? Like what to do about the stomach cramps? It sounds like it. Yeah. So that's, um, a, I mean, that sounds like GI issues, right? So, uh, I mean, there's a number of things. I mean, possibly they ate breakfast too close to the race. That could be one. And then whatever they're fueling themselves with during the race may not be optimal either. Um, like highly recommend one of these uh, sports drink mixes like flow formulas, for example, use carry Warner's code, whatever it is. Carry 20, 15% <laughs> off. I think I have a yeah, code. Wh- why is it carry 20, but you because only get 15? Uh, What's up with that? It's, yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I think I have a code too, but I can't remember it off the top of my head and I never tell it to people. But it's I carry, carry 20. Also carry 20. <laughs> <laughs> um... But those go a long way in helping with GI issues because it's it's very easy for your gut to absorb the carbohydrates coming in from that. I would say, uh, I would say like yeah, maybe avoid fiber the night before. You know, like stick to cook vegetables if you're going to eat vegetables. Um, but just lots of easily digested carbs like white rice. Same thing in the morning. Uh, I also like, don't think that you need to have a large breakfast in the morning. Like if you do a really good job of fueling the days prior to an event like this and making sure that you're not depleting yourself in the morning, I feel like you should just wake up and have like, I just had a bowl of cereal before sea otter. And that's what I do before BWRs. Cause it's just like too early to stuff massive amounts of food in and totally yeah i think like also it's just important to practice eating while you're training because like all of a sudden getting into a race and trying to throw down massive amounts of carbs while you're stressed and going harder than you're used to is going to be like obviously new and your body might revolt so i would just try to like yeah try to take in 70 to 90 grams of carbs per hour in training uh and see if you have better results with less cramping and GI issues. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would add to that too, is like a lot of the weekend warriors, they just focus on fueling their like longer weekend rides. But like if you're only taking in that, that's that nutrition supplement once a week, like that's probably not enough for your body to like adapt to it. So like it, you know, I would, I would make sure you're hitting that a couple times during the week too. If it's, even if it's only like an hour ride or something like just to get used to that. Yeah. All right. Next. Okay. So, so you guys have done BWR Asheville. So this is a tire related question for, for that race. Nice. <laughs> Dylan's yeah, full job. Another now. tire question. It, his, his, 
His email. I mean, not, not only not only question. is it about tires, but it's also about like tires for my home roads. So yeah, I know all about it. All right, so this is from Steven. He says, I know you get a lot of questions about tires, so apologies for another one. I was debating trying to ride BWR Asheville, but I can only fit 35s on my bike. I know it's not ideal. I'd rather run 42s or wider, but is this race even doable at all on 35s, or should I just stay home? Just stay home. If it is is doable. Locals only. Get. If it's doable, which ones should I use? Uh yeah, that's not great, man. Um, I mean, I, I like to use the rule of thumb. Like, if you can fit 35s, and you can probably fit 38s. So, like, I would definitely use 38s. Just buy a new bike before the race. Like, use it as an excuse to get a new bike. N plus one, man. You need a new Dude, bike. Dude, screw that. I'm, t- I'm over this. Just, like, all you have to do is creep down the downhills. Like, dude, you can ride anything on a set of 32 road, road slicks. You just have to go slower. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is true any bike is yeah. a gravel bike yeah, if you exactly. ride it on gravel even your yeah. like tt setup 23s you can do it yeah yeah i mean like you already know that you don't have the best bike for the race so like you're not going to be optimized so like yeah who cares just yeah, go what to exactly what time there so uh, the one thing that i'll say about every bwr event and this includes the bwr north carolina event is that there is a lot of road so it's not like you're going to have the, a right. bad bike for the whole race. Um, you'll actually have a pretty decent bike for a lot of the race. It's just there are some downhills at BWR Asheville that you're going to have to creep down for sure. Oh, damn, dude. I, I just missed this Instagram message, but this guy, Josh, says next time Dylan talks about tires, he has to use a British accent. <laughs> British accent. Damn it. Why. <laughs> yeah. How do, you, how do British yeah. people say tires? I don't know, man. Try. Yeah, you try. You try. <laughs> Taws. Taws. Yeah, you try. Taws. <laughs> That's pretty good. Just lost a whole subset <laughs> of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what tire sizes did the uh, what tires did the winner last year run? I beat yeah, a Just do that. I think it was Pete. It's was probably it? thirty. It's probably thirty twos. Yeah, Pete ran some IRCs or whatever. You know. <laughs> Uh, that's a call back to Dizzle Dillman just doing whatever the leaders do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if 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 you can win the race on those tires, then you can definitely finish the race on those tires. So. I think he ran uh, the forty-two. I think it's called Boca or something. I, I'm not super familiar oh, with IRC. He wasn't line, on thirties. No, he was not. He was on 40, oh, okay. like forty-two Boca. Well, let's or... pretend that he was. Yeah, he was on 35s. You're fine. Yeah, that way our our guy here feels a little bit more comfortable. Also, the thing with BWR Asheville, uh, the course in 2021 was way easier than the course in 2022. Um, And they added a lot of single track in 2022. I don't know what they're going to do in 2023, but it was, yeah, dude, that course on 35 sounds like hell, man. It was real bumpy and a lot of single track i don't think hell is Dude, a good it'll, i don't it'll think be hell fun, is though. A, a, be a sick. <laughs> it was it would definitely be uncomfortable but it's like dude you can limp through that i mean homie's gonna be out there for a while anyway probably like just take your time there's lots of aid stations yeah yeah there are there are there are there are more aid stations at bwr races than you need yeah, that's right by a lot 
Carrie so, comes on one time, and now we right, can't say one, the word hell because of his mom listening. Can <laughs> <laughs> say heck though. Can <laughs> say heckin'. Yeah, yeah. Heck of a day. Uh, okay, this one comes from Brian, and he says, "Greetings, brethren of Bonk." It's a new one. Uh, I want to hear your take on mountain bike remote lockouts. Is this another case of it feel it feels fast, but it actually isn't fast? Just like running twenty threes at hundred psi. I've been riding with them for a while, and I feel like or I find myself leaving them open even on smooth dirt climbs because it just feels better. They only seem useful out on out of the saddle or when sprinting on smooth terrain. What are your thoughts? Maybe just the rear. Um. All right. So I made a whole video about this actually. Should I, just, um, should I just email this guy back and just watch, say, watch No, I can talk about it. I can talk about it. So uh, there's a little bit of research on it that seemed to indicate that lockout doesn't do anything. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. It wasn't a lot of research. It what do you mean? Describe lo- doesn't do anything. It doesn't improve your efficiency. So okay. you're not going to go faster because your bike is locked out, right? So... I was like, huh, that's interesting. This is easy to test. All I have to do is go to a climb and ride it a couple times locked out and then ride it a couple times at the same power with the suspension open. So that's what I did. I went to a climb, rode it at the same power output, locked, unlocked, locked, unlocked, locked, unlocked. I think I did the climb like 10 times that day. Paved or or off-road? Paved, not off-road, paved climb. Because I'm trying to see if the lockout makes you slower. Um, or if the you know, unlocked makes you slower and it, it didn't matter. Like literally my time, my, if I averaged the locked times and averaged the unlocked times, they were exactly the same. That's science. Exactly. Like it wasn't even a sec. It wasn't even a second off. <laughs> okay. So this is actually where the things get interesting though. So I put out that video where I'm, you know, talking about how lockout is basically BS. Um, and then Foxy shortly man, after that, another you, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> shortly after that, another YouTuber who's he, uh, peak torque. I don't know if you guys have ever seen peak torque. No, no, he's a, uh, he's, I think he's British and he's like an engineering uh, cycling engineer. Talk about tires then. I know we should have him on. He's like a, he's a cycling engineering YouTuber, right? So he talks a lot about, I don't know, engineering stuff with bikes. And then he responded to my video with a video where he talked about how, you know, if you have suspension, there has to be losses because, um, I don't know, go watch his video if you want to understand why there's losses, if, if there's suspension, but he's like, there has to be losses in the system. Right. So then he, was like, all right, well, I'll just try it myself too. So he goes out and he tries it on his full suspension. And his full suspension is like the Santa Cruz uh, Nomad, right? Like it's a really freaking, like we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about, we're not talking about an XC bike. We're talking about like a 150 bike. If you're going to lose something to your suspension, it's probably going to be on a bike like that. And he's found the same thing. Like it didn't, he didn't lose anything. Yeah, dude, on a 150 Nomad. Um, so then wow. he like he goes back to his whiteboard and he's like trying to think of why that might be. And he actually came to the conclusion, and I'm not sure if this is right or wrong. I have to go back and look at the video. 
I had some people message me about this too, though, after they watched the video. Um, he came to the conclusion that if you're measuring power with a crank-based power meter, the losses happen before the power goes into the crank-based power meter, and therefore you're not going to see a difference because the losses already happened. And the takeaway that I got from that is that if you run a crank-based power meter on a full suspension bike, your power is essentially inaccurate. Like it's it's going to read uh, – what's it going to read? Too high? Am I doing that right here? Um, no, it, it would read too low. Yeah, it would read but, too low. But if losses are yeah. happening yeah. regardless, shouldn't <clears throat> that show up in the time? Yeah, man, no, this I think, is like – I think, I think the, the, what he's saying though – because they're not going max effort, so like you know they're trying to hold 250 watts. But if you can, if you if 260 watts feels the same as 250 watts, right? Like it's not a massive losing, difference. Yeah. So like I think it's like it's hard to like what you need to do is you need to redo the test on a power tap hub. Because then well, you're not going to no, lose no, no. any of a it. Power, uh, here's the thing though: a power tap hub, the losses would happen before. It would be the same thing. No. The losses would and happen. That's not before. a crank-based peer- no. power meter. You don't think so? No, because it, it's yeah, it's 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 through the drivetrain. Then what's happening with the crank-based one is as you're pushing down, you're also compressing the suspension. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not giving it's not pushing back at the same rate that you're pushing down on it. So that's what that's what's happening there is like you're pushing more, yeah. um, but it's not reading the same because it's 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 compressing. So that's essentially a, that's essentially what he said. So, yeah, so if, if you run a power tap, though, then that shouldn't happen. It, sh- it shouldn't affect that at all. So this is – this is that power was tap, like, if you're listening, send me a hub and I'll, I'll do the test. <laughs> this was like a mind – this was a mind-blowing <laughs> moment for me because I was like, okay, so if your suspension is lock, is not locked out, then you're probably – your power meter is essentially giving you numbers that are probably – I don't know. I don't know how many watts lower it is, but it's not accurate if you're on a full suspension bike, if that, if all of that is true. And I was like, why hasn't anybody in the industry ever come to this conclusion? Like, why did two YouTubers just happen to stumble upon this? (laughs) They just want to sell more bikes. (laughs) Think about it, man. Like, like a full suspension specialized bike now comes with a power meter. Yeah, if if, dude, if this word got so, out, dude, the S works epic, man. Dude, no one's so, buying that thing. So if this is the case, if this is the case that a, a power meter on a full suspension bike is for is essentially not accurate. It, it is accurate because it's measuring the power that's coming in, but for the purposes of training and pacing and racing, it's not accurate, right? Then I don't know. We need some sort of different power meter solution on a full suspension bike, and I'm shocked that no Handle one in the base, industry has addressed that. Is the only that. way to go. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the most accurate reading. Totally. We go back to the uh, the polar. Yeah. Have you, do you guys remember the polar like wind tech where it was like measuring like <laughs> chain tension through the pulley wheel or something? Oh man, no, Did I knew that was bullshit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait so what was this guy's question again? Lockout. He, it was about yeah. remote lockout I, oh yeah he's wondering whether 
there actually is losses from having your suspension open or not. Yeah. So, so, like, no. I, I guess know, that was way, a really long way of saying I don't really know. But, but it sounds like, like your conclusion there's probably is probably losses, aren't. but I don't know how much they are. But I mean, on what on what scale, right? Like, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, again, it, it's the whole it goes back to the whole conversation of like, you know, what we've been having the last couple of weeks of why do these teams keep running narrow tires for races like Perry roubaix or, you know, they don't run bigger mm-hmm. tires. It's like, okay, you have to weigh out the marginal gains of riding bigger tires compared to like the aero deficit that you would, would lose. And like, where's that tipping point? What outweighs what? I mean, it sounds the same with like, you're going to have, you're going to have losses no matter what, but at what scale is it a quarter of a watt? Is it, you know, 10 Watts per yeah. kilometer at whatever power output. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I will say this though. I, I've got a remote lockout on my hardtail for my fork, and whenever and I use it a lot. And whenever I press it, I always think about Dylan, and I always think about how like Dylan would be in the back of my head saying like, "You don't need to be locking that out right now. Just keep riding hard." But it <laughs> feels better. Like I just like the way it feels when yeah. it's locked out. You just like feel like you're putting down power and yeah, it's coming I, out the other. I end. mean, there's definitely something to be said about psychologically. If you feel like you're mashing it harder, you probably are. So. I just I feel like. Um, because I have been thinking about this a lot again with this upcoming race, there's like a long section between single track of like road riding. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Oh yeah. Do I lock out my rear suspension there? Like it's a little bit of climbing, but it's going to be all road. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I would love a remote lockout. I don't have one. I just can reach down and like, dude, me too. Know, What's wrong lock with out that? My, my rear suspension. It's that it's not hard unless of course you forget. Like, I guess it's easier to remember if you see that plunger on your bars is, is compressed, but at the same time, like just reach down. Although dude, have you ever, have you ever started down a kind of gnarly downhill? Like, like you were just climbing up some gravel road or something. And then you start down a gnarly downhill and you're, you're like halfway down and you realize you've been riding it with your suspension yeah, locked dude, out all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you definitely just lost all the gains that you thought Think you were getting. how much faster uphill. you could have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, if this guy's already got remote lockout, like I wouldn't like take it off your bike. Yeah. Like I think it's fine to have. I think you probably need a new bike N plus one. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why sure. you need a new bike with no remote and as lockout. As wide tires as you can fit. Yep. Um, okay, let's do one more, then we'll get carry out of here. This one is kind of a rapid fire question. So this one comes from playing bikes. He sent in some other questions. I think he sent in one that was like laughing my ass off last time. Um, okay. He says, okay, new week, new questions. So I can't afford aero socks. So instead, I shaved a mohawk into the back of my calves. <laughs> pro move or bro move? Dude, you can't afford aero socks? Dude, easy, <laughs> easy. You can't, easy. dude. Come on. Yeah. Aero socks are 30 to $40. And if you use my... Yeah, I mean, I don't like want to be... Three Chipotle burritos, like, bro. I, I, mean, I hope that this isn't poor shaming here, but come on, man. And if... And it's like the... Ch- <laughs> I would say what looks cooler though, like aero socks or freaking calf mohawk, dude. I could, I thought about doing this actually because I watched Dylan's dumb aero video. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, frick! I guess I need to get some aero <laughs> socks. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what if I just like taped a bunch of straws on my leg and then <laughs> and then pulled the sock up over it, so then there would be those ridges there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, have you seen have you seen my arrow base layer that I have? 
Yeah, I touched it at Mid-South. Tell oh, me yeah. it has straws <laughs> weaved into it. Ah, basically. For real? <laughs> yeah, mean, dude, not... there's like ridges. There's like, if, really? if you touch it, it feels like... Uh, he's like some sort of golf ball or something. <laughs> Is that your? Yeah, and it's so it's a base layer, but it cuts off like yeah, here. Like it doesn't even cover my nipples. Oh, Wait, it's a what? real crop top. It cuts it's off a real where crop. it's like like right oh, above okay. my nipples. So it's 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 everything above the nips, not yeah. below the nips. Nips are actually like yeah. yeah. It's can... like it's like a it's like a sh- it's like a shirt that goes to here, right? Dude, is that people are listening to the podcast so they can't see? So it goes to your elbow, right? It's a shirt that goes to your elbow, but when you put it on, it cuts off above your nipple. So it's it's not only is it a crop top, but it's it's like an extreme. Honestly, crop top. I think you yeah, because that way you can still use pasties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, dude, I bet the pasties would probably make it more. I arrow. think yeah. I think you should just run that at at Unbound, just so the arrow crop top with nothing. Well, else. I mean, like wear some no shorts. Jersey. Yeah, no jersey. And a hydration yeah, yeah, just some b-ball shorts uh-huh. <laughs> uh, dude i can't even imagine wow, the sunburn i would get if i did that dude, you I would, would have to I stop would feel, and everybody would I just would be lathering so, you up i'd be so embarrassed for myself every time i put that thing on I'd be like, no, it's cool. I can't believe how much of a loser I think I might sign up. Did you hear what Dylan said? <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it is cool, cool man. <laughs> I think I might sign up for it. Dude, I feel like it's cool, a, too. I feel like a badass when I put it on. I'm like, hell yeah, this is like probably two watts right here. <laughs> hell yeah, I look like a biker right now. Yeah. Got my tattoos, my crop top. <laughs> Got my <Yeah>. chain. <laughs> my chain? Like yeah, for the chain wallet. on my bike? Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, who's the gravel asshole? The rider that shows up to races and and everyone but him knows he's the asshole? I don't know. Or what? Wait, what there's, there's, there's no alternative. There's no alternative. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, is this referring to somebody in particular? I don't know. I don't get it, so I'm going to go on. Uh, what's the best way to get Embro off of your skin? I don't use Embro. Don't use it either. Shower? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there's no good I, way. Acetone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you try that, make sure you email our lawyers afterwards. Yeah. Don't touch your balls. That's the disclaimer. <laughs> All right, so Embro yeah. makes you feel warmer, but are you actually no. warmer? It's a skin. Did you just do the intro to your next video? <laughs> <laughs> the picture of Dylan's hand and a rubber the so- glove. The science shows. <laughs> Today we dive deep into the science to find out whether Embro actually increases skin temperature. Anyways, I don't really know, but use my my discount code LAYTHEWOOD20 for 20% off at SoCal. <laughs> no, Embro, Embro is just a, it's a, yeah. it's a mild skin irritant so that it basically gives you... All right, so if it's not actually making your skin warmer, I mean... Is there any point in using it? Like, just throw on some leg warmers. I mean, okay. If you, well, if you, uh, before before whoa. the expert chimes in, well, expert. Dylan always <laughs> trying to steer up. Some I mean, if you if it, if you're doing like a wet a wet race, like, and then it exactly. it dries out midway through, like, you don't want mm-hmm. that like a soggy leg warmer on your legs. Like, it's much easier just to run something like embrocation that you can wipe off afterwards. Um, yeah, if it's 30 degrees and it's wet and you're, and then you're riding like your, your leg warmer is going to be super cold the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, if you just have Embro on, like, you might even shed. Like, for sure, you'll shed that moisture, but you'll also, like, you won't hold on to as much mud. Like, yeah. 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 You can also get, you could also get, yeah. like, a like a water repellent in that particular situation, like a water. Rain-X. <laughs> yeah, just steal some of that from your car <laughs> and dump it on your legs. Uh, don't do that. Um, yeah, I mean, you could get, like, a water repellent, like a leg, leg warmer or something like that. I'm glad you said don't do that after you yeah. said to do that. Yeah. Our lawyers Dis- will be happy disclaimer. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Embro. I mean, maybe that's the best way to get Embro off is Rain-X. And like, then it's the best of both worlds. Like, you're removing the Embro, <laughs> but you're also, like, shedding all the mud that's going to otherwise attach to your leg. Maybe. Maybe he should, yeah, whoever asked the question should try and report back. <laughs> um, playing Bikes is who asked the question. We don't know their name otherwise. Um, okay, last one. What's your top Amazon Wasn't slash Alibaba? the last one like four, what, four ones ago? <laughs> no, it's dude. a rapid fire. <laughs> Just let me get through it. What's your top Amazon slash Alibaba bike part that you purchase and why? Dude, I I always thought Alibaba was like one of those scam websites. Yeah. <laughs> Can you actually buy, like, is it legitimate? Uh, In there's China. A, <laughs> there's some, I, I don't know. There's some sketchy parts on there that I, I wouldn't buy. What's okay, your well, favorite? Let's just say I've, purchased, I've purchased more than a few Maxis Refuse off of Amazon. And uh, literally, I know I should have just returned them because uh, they're trash. But Carrie's <laughs> well, like, uh, yeah, can't say that I've bought Maxis tires on Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, you can buy anything you want. So you're basically just asking us, like, what's your favorite product just in general? Dude, so there, there's one time that I bought a 40-tooth chain ring for my mountain bike because it was the only, like, I couldn't find, like, a normal 40-tooth chain ring for it. Mm-hmm. And I, like, posted, like, a an Instagram post of me, like, after I, like, mounted it up. And it was, like, bright green and, like, super, like, ugly. And I had, like, 12 people message me and be like, do not ride that thing. <laughs> they, they're like, it will literally fold in half and you will be eating your teeth for a week. Jesus. So I, I like, immediately took off my bike. I, like, it didn't, even, didn't even ride it. So y- y- back in the day before I had sponsors, I did used to get China Carbon parts, you know, um, like those really cheap carbon frames and handlebars and stuff from china that are oh dude (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah yikes pretty pretty sketchy so um, like the road bike that i rode all four years in college was a china carbon frame and it lasted four years of college um yeah but but anyway the the next the next guy who bought one lasted four minutes (laughs) right so it's it's so this is where i was going with this so i bought a china carbon handlebar uh for mountain biking and it was pretty lightweight too, so I was like, "Sick! This is a nice light bar, and it only cost me like twenty five dollars." That's what you want, <laughs> right? So I'm mounting it up and uh, onto my stem, and I'm probably at like three newton meters, right? Like I'm not, I'm not over torquing it at all, and I hear like. And I'm like, oh man, did I just like crack the bar? Like I can't have cracked the bar. Yeah, like, it's twenty five dollars. It's like, I ba- <laughs> like I barely torqued it, right? And so I tighten it a little bit more, and I hear it crack a little bit more, and I'm like, oh, man, this seems sketchy. So then I put both my hands on the bar, and I just kind of like start torquing it, 
and I ripped half the bar straight <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> like I didn't even get to ride it. I was just mounting the you're, bar up dude, and I you're, broke you're it. You're lucky you didn't get to ride it. That's yeah. gnarly. God. So that's my that's my tale of caution about those chai yeah. carbon parts. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I just get stuff that I need. I don't even remember. Alright. Sick. Well thanks, Carrie. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll we'll have our legal team reach out to your legal <laughs> team if there's any issues. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's legal team is his mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's my PR. Like, she's she's always censoring what I say. Is she your hype woman? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sick. All, All right. right. Okay, we'll see yeah. you guys. All right, bye. See ya.